I want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. Just, you know, I would have relied on my gut instincts a little bit more and not ignored the red flags. I have sprinted past red flags with partnerships and collaborations, and it's cost me a lot of time. It's definitely given me some more gray hair. You know, trust your gut more than than you think you should, especially early on. It's going to be hard to do that, but trust me, it's probably right. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. Today, we have Eric Malzone, a fitness enthusiast from Northern California who has successfully founded two brands after selling his gyms in 2017. He now resides in Whitefish, Montana, Eric's known for hosting two podcasts, Fitness Bliss Radio and Future of Fitness Podcast. The Future of Fitness Podcast has gained recognition as a top-rated business-to-business podcast for four years and featuring interviews with over 700 fitness industry professionals. Additionally, Eric has offered consulting services to small businesses and Fortune 500 companies in the fitness, health, and wellness industry. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share this episode with someone who you think will enjoy it. As we dive into the episode, listen to how his core belief of having a big why helped him push to execute. Hey everybody, Andres Escobar here and thank you for coming in to the Gym Owners Growth Zone podcast. I'm here in the studio as you guys can see. If you don't see, you guys check us out on YouTube. Today, I have Eric Malzone. Eric comes from his own podcast that he has, and he used to own gyms. So we have a lot in common, especially on the podcast side. He used to own a gym. I might own a gym in the future. So definitely strap in and get ready for the impact that we're about to make with Eric. Eric, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, Andres. I'm, uh, I'm always excited to have the ability to sound off on someone else's platform. Right. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah. Oh, dude. I love it. I love it when people come with uh, an amazing mic, the headphones. I, I, I had to match you up, baby. I had to match you up. You know, I usually <laughs> don't have these headphones, but, uh, you know, I had to like get in the studio. We had another in-person podcast today as well. So that was perfect timing. I, I, I didn't, I didn't plan this guys, but it, we look great. I think it's awesome. I feel yeah. like Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse ears kind of like, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's like they are, uh, and people are, you know, just listening. Like they're pretty, they're, they're sizable headphones that we're wearing, but I just feel like having the wraparound ones, you it just locks you in a little bit better to the it conversation. Does. You, you kind of, you know, all the other distractions kind of wash away. You can really hear what's going on in the podcast and it just, I don't know, just adds another you know, like, um, element to it that, that makes it more. It's a little more professional. Yeah. Right. Right. So good, dude. So good, man. I love for the team to, or not the team, but the audience to actually hear your story. If you could tell us a little bit about you and, and your story and how you got here. 
Yeah. Yeah, sure, man. Gosh, well, I guess, you know, going all the way back and to date myself, I'll be 47 in two days, but I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I got to see, you know, it's it going from sprawling orchards, you know, in the Silicon Valley to whatever it is today. A, a lot of time I spent my early days there. And, you know, like a lot of people who are probably in the gym business, I was an athlete early on. So I started competitively swimming, I think at the age of five, got into water polo around the age of 13. And that was kind of the my sport. That became my sport for a very long time for about 20 years. So um, I did that for you know through high school, college, club, afterwards. Played it really as long as I could until I moved out of California. But uh, I always had you know athletic background. I spent some time on the East Coast in college and, and got to swim and play water polo out there and see the East Coast. And it was a lot of fun. Kind of rounded me out a little bit for sure. And then after school, I got into sales. It was actually... I don't know how old you are, Andres, but this was around 1999 is when I graduated and the dot-com bubble had just popped, right? And there was like everything when I came back to California, it was like the job market was not so great. You know, it was kind of a little, not a little, but it was definitely a low point as far as, you know, the valley goes and, and jobs. So I struggled to find a job and I got one finally. And that was just basic sales. I was selling recruitment services. I and mean, that led me into, you know, probably about eight or nine years of corporate sales. So it was, you know, recruitment services, then I moved to sales management. And then then I went to radio advertising because I wanted to do something cool and worked at radio stations for a while and got to meet a lot of, you know, really famous people, which was fun, but didn't make much money. And then I got into legal publishing, which was even more boring, but good money and quite uh, a lot of freedom in that job. And, you know, I I had a moment I was sitting at a national sales conference and I was in a good path, man. Like I was good. You know, I think if I had stuck it out there, probably, you know, BP in five, 10 years, maybe if I just kept plugging along and being successful in my job. But I looked around at the sales conference. I'm like, oh man, like I saw people 10, 20 years older than me. I'm like, oh, this isn't me. This just isn't me, you know? So I started thinking about it and I actually went and started testing for fire departments and all these different things. I'm like, I got to get into something that I'm passionate about. And serendipitously, one of my college water polo teammates and swim teammates, Trevor Bohm, texted me on a Friday afternoon. This was back right around 08, 07. So it was like T9 texting for people who remember that. And it was just uh, the text was like, hey, man, you want to open a gym? And we had both started CrossFit at the time. Uh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I kind of laughed about it, but it was Friday. I drank a beer at happy hour. I texted him back, yeah, let's do it. So that was kind of the decision. I'm like, you know, I, if I don't get into business now for myself, you know, I may never do it. Like I'll just stay in this comfortable track, right? And and keep playing. No regrets. Away. And, no regrets. No regrets, bro. Come on. Yeah, man. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. You know, that's one of some of my rules for life. But it was, you know, so six months later, I was moving down to Santa Barbara, California. I'd never been there. I didn't know anybody there. And we're, you know, already had a lease signed for a little thousand square foot gym. And we started across the Pacific Coast. And that, you know, over a span of eight years, we grew from, you know really 800 square foot training floor to 5,000 square feet with 250 plus members to, you know, half a million in revenue, good margins. And I would say probably one of the, the you know, premier CrossFit affiliates on, on the Central Coast. I, I can say that confidently. I also opened another one with another colleague of mine called Lighthouse Fitness, which is kind of a new, we were experimenting with a new, like, how do you do more personalized programming within a CrossFit model? So we opened that as well. And, you know, over that gosh, man, over eight or nine years of, of gym ownership, I really, I think I experienced just about as much as you can experience as a business owner, you know, from, you know, just being like basically no money, right? Bootstrapping everything, maybe sleeping in places that you don't want to be sleeping to, uh, 
you know, booming, seeing a, a huge surge in membership and then legal troubles and having to buy out my partner, then eventually selling the gym successfully and having a good exit. And then, you know, also selling my shares in the other gym. And it was just, you know, it was a pretty wild ride. But really what it came down to was in 2016, my wife and I just had a, a very, uh, it was just a difficult year. You know, we had a loss of a child or a pregnancy. We had loss of her father, a sudden heart attack. I had a friend suicide. And then eventually our dog passed away. So that was like the cherry on top of it all. And what I found it was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't the same person anymore. I uh, couldn't handle the same stresses. Like little things would just get to me. And I'm like, you know, I just, we need a change. So I came home one night and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, we always talk about living in some mountain town someday. And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, what if we just did that now? You know, like, we're in our mid thirties. Like, well, why don't we just go for it? And uh, she's like, well, what are you saying? I'm like, I'm, I'm saying, I think I want to sell the gym and I think we should just go find that mountain town and just live life now. And so she said, yes. And I what was shocked. Was this? What year was this, dude? That was in 2016. It's right at the end 2016? of 2016. Yeah, nice. correct. And so we did, man. I, uh, you know, successfully sold the gym and sold shares, the other one. And, and we ended up hitting the road and being nomadic for about a year. And I had to figure out, of course, you know, what I was going to do next. I didn't have life-changing money from sale of a gym, as most people who have done that will know. But uh, it was it was enough to get me into the next chapter. So I started a couple different businesses. But the one thing that stuck over the last, what are we in, like seven years now is is the podcast. So I started the Future Fitness Podcast with a simple you know, mission, which was probably more selfish than anything. But I wanted to help myself and in turn the industry skate to where the puck was going. And to use the Gretzky quote, so, you know, where we're always coming around the corner yeah, next fun. and podcast is called The Future in Fitness. And we talk about technology. We talk about thought leadership. We talk about health sciences. We talk about all these really cool, meaty topics. And man, you know, I'm, I think I'm at 360 episodes now and I'm going on my seventh year and it's been quite a ride. So on top of that, you know, I do a lot of that's been the main driver, but it's built my network. It's allowed me to get some really cool consulting gigs and roles in different companies, uh, business coaching, sponsorships, you name it. I just kind of manufacture an income and you know, just stick to that ethos, help in the industry, you know, skate right to the yeah. right place. And that's it. So that kind of leads me where I am now. I live in Whitefish, Montana. We built a house here a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic. Got real lucky. I ski 60 days a year, do a lot of really, uh, really fun stuff. So can't complain. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And uh, it's a great industry to be in. You know, it's not always easy, but you'll find that the people in the fitness industry and are very unique, right? Very value driven and very mission driven and tend to be very cool people. So it's a great place to be, man. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Eric did a great job. I think he told <laughs> us everything. That's awesome, dude. Like I, I love that bio because it really broke down the journey that you had from the beginning and inception, you know, and then, you know, how you got to where you are. You really answered the question exactly how I asked it. So I can't ask for anything better. Phenomenal. Eric, appreciate it, dude. You know, I mean, the the value that you bring to anyone that's listening is you've you've been there. You know what it takes. You've you've hit different industries. You basically is a culmination of everything, all the experience that you've had, right? And so right now, he, it, I remember when we had our meeting, he, sh he showed me these bio pages that he's creating for for these you know influencers and leaders in in, in the world. And so I was like, oh, I love this. I want one, dude. I want one. And so, so we got to talk about that later, but, but definitely is, is definitely so cool to have somebody who has been through the trenches, has come out the trenches. You know, as you can see, he knows, listen, selling the gym, the, the multiplier is not the best, right? And so, you know, you, you want to make sure you, you get in, 
if it's your passion, you want to be there forever. All right, great. But if you don't, listen, get it and move on to the next. It's a stepping stone to where ultimately where you will have more impact with. That's how, that's how I see it. To me, I would love to have a gym just to have like that experience and that I get so much nuggets of, of knowledge that I'm like, I got to use this somewhere, but I use it for my own business as well. So, and I think a lot of people do as well. And Eric, you know, you're running a business, it's not a gym right now, but you have run a gym. We'll d- dive into that. But many people listen to the show and, and they, they get, they extract from gym owners and people like you, they can apply to their own life. And it's beautiful. I love it. It's it, people give me so much, so much, uh, comments and feedback that it, that's, it just invigorates me, keeps me going, gives me some, some juice there. So, dude, so the first question I do have for you, and it's one of, I think it's, it leads very well to what you're talking about. Life's a roller coaster and ups and downs, lefts and rights. If we don't have a track that we're on, we're going to be off track and we're going to be off to who knows where. <laughs> and then there's handrails. So if you could give us an analogy of, of a track and a handrail that you use in your life to get you to reach your goals. I would love to hear your take on it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think ultimately a lot of people haven't sat down and actually defined what their personal definition of success is. Like what, what does success actually look like to you? Is it 5 million in the bank? Is that it? Like the vision. Is that what you're saying? Like the vision? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, actually writing it down. Like what, what is the definition yeah. of success? I mean, for me, I've, I've spent a lot of time on it. It's constantly being refined, but you know, I, I want to live a life that doesn't necessitate vacations. So now that may seem sound really simple, but no, I know what means, you mean. Hey, you could live on a vacation. Yeah, you live on a vacation. You, you want to take take off? You take off and you go, you know, for Europe for three months. You're working. Yes, but you you're there. You could do that. Yeah, you live in Montana, middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have, and, and we have taken off for a long time. But it also means that. You're doing something that fulfills you. Yeah. You have purpose in your life, right? You're surrounded by people that you do work with people that you enjoy. You have a community. Like it just means like, okay, you, you never want to get to the point where you're like, I just need an escape, right? I need to get out of this and just take a break from reality for a while. Like, you know, you want to embrace the reality that you're in. And that's always been a guiding light for me is like, okay, am I actually following that? Because it's really easy to drift off and go from there. And I think the other thing too is like, as entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, we've taken a path that most people won't, right? It's a little bit harder. It's a little more uncertain. But you have to, and I've given this to people I've coached before, is like, take a moment every day to appreciate the freedom that you've earned, right? Whatever it may be. Even if it's as simple as like, you know what? Like, I'm going to go work from a coffee shop today. I know that's more ambiguous now that everyone, you know, is remote workers. But for a while, that wasn't a big, that was a big deal. It's like, I don't have to be in an office, right? I can go somewhere else or whatever it may be. Take a Friday afternoon off and do something with your family or for yourself. But always do something every day just to kind of keep that that flame alive of like, okay, I am doing this because I get more freedom that I'm doing things that other people won't do because they're hard. So I think that's a big stuff is, you know, always have your own personal definition of success in mind. And then just constantly remind yourself that, you know, you're, yeah, it's harder than what most people may do, but you're also got a certain level of freedom. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platforms will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms 
take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. In your life, like the guardrails, like what's an example of something like, you know, I'm, I'm used to an answer like that, you know, you know, I, this is the practice that I do. This is, this is the mindset. This is the, the mantra. This is not in mantra, but like, this is my core beliefs that I truly b- believe in. And, and so if, if you could rephrase that to me, so, you know, we can just capture, capsulate it a little bit better. I'd be, I'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I guess here's the thing, Andres, is like, I'm a little bit more philosophical than most people, right? Uh, when you look at like, I'm not as mechanical. I mean, I'm sure if you look at my life, I probably have these guardrails. Like I wake up every morning at the same time. I take my ice cold shower. I do my journaling. I do all the little things, right? Yes. But why? Like, why am I doing that? That's the yeah. questions I always yeah. ask myself. Like, if I'm going to grind out a job or a work or build a business, like, why am I actually doing it? Yeah. Because there's going to be points where it's going to be really freaking hard, man. And you're going to be like, you know what? I just want a job. I just want to go get a career, earn $80,000 a year and be super happy. So I think, you know, you have to like, that's what bounces me back in is like having this understanding of like, okay, this is why I'm actually doing all these little things. This is why I get up at this time. This is why I grind it out. This is why I have this, you know, format of like, okay, I execute, I reflect, I refine, I repeat. And I do these cycles over and over again within my business, within my podcast. So I think that's the stuff. I don't know if that's specifically. No, that's, that's, that's like, boom, I can. I wrote it down. Like, seriously, like that's, that's the was, I was like, yes, that's exactly it. You got to do. Thank you so much. And, and it, to me, it's like gut wrenching. Cause I hate for, it's like, did I not listen? Did I not hear? I'm like, I'm trying to like figure like, I want to capture it because if I capture it and I, be, listen, ADD all day long, if I'm able to capture it, <laughs> sure. I know my audience can capture it too. So that's all I wanted to like, kind of bring it to them and put them in, in easy to, and like starting with why, right? Simon Sinek. I'm a big reader here. So I, I, I get it, dude. It's, it's huge. It's sometimes, and can I, can, I be, can I be honest? Like if I don't have to take the kids to school in the morning, I might not wake up at five o'clock, right? I just might not. But my big why is I got to get the kids to school. I got to get them there, you know, at 7.30. So I got to make sure that I get to my, my reading, I get my things. But if, if, I'm, if I'm giving a little bit of a looser, then I'm like, oh, I might just wake up at, 630. <laughs> you right, know what I'm saying? Right. So, so dude, I think it's, it's huge. Why is definitely like, I have to, if you tell me I got to take you to the airport and I said, yes, I, I'm going to do it. Like that's no, no chance. Yes is yes. And my nose are nose it has to be that way. So anyways, moving on to the next, right? So there's challenges, there's obstacles that come in our way. One of our favorite books, talk about books is obstacle is the way. And so when you do see these obstacles, Wow. And do you get through them? What, what is it that you have? What is it that you say, you know, that gets you like, I got it. Or, or actually share a story because stories, I have a buddy at a podcast, stories that sell and stories do help us bring that feeling, that understanding. Well, I think, um, you know, to, to reflect on, on the gym ownership topic, you know, there was definitely a, there was a point, I think probably around year five or six of gym ownership where, um, you know, I was wondering, I'm like, why? is like, why is my bank account really low? You know, like, why, why am I not that profitable? Why didn't I able to, why I wasn't able to pay myself this month? Like, what's going on? And I had a, a, you know, a mentor at the time and, you know, we sat down and I was always tracking everything as far as like, okay, here's my revenue numbers. Here's my membership numbers. My, my tracking was 
highly detailed, but I wasn't really tracking my expenses. So when it came down to it, I had actually just bought out my partner. I had some new loans coming in, like just stuff was going like that. And I sat down, I did everything like, holy cow, like I'm at an 8% profit margin. Now, Uh, that was not good, right? I was usually around between 25 and 30%. And I'm like, oh my God, I just had this horrified moment. I'm like, oh my God, like everything is going to, the whole roof of my building is going to cave in and everything's going to like collapse, right? That's like the the nightmare that people have, at least I did as, as far as business ownership. So, you know, I had to take a really hard look at everything I did. And I'm so glad actually for experiences like that. And I, even for the people I coach and mentor and advise with now is like, you know, when their back's up against the wall, you end up doing the hard things that you need to do regardless, right? So I had to sit down, I had to really go through my expenses. I had to have hard conversations with people who, you know, I had to either reduce their pay or I had to maybe just, you know, completely remove a role. And I had to really refine and really get things down again so I can improve that profit margin. And over a span of four months, I got it back above 20% and then eventually close to 30%. But it was, it was a grind. And I think, you know, when you hit these challenges in business and entrepreneurship, the biggest thing you have to do is just don't be afraid to have the hard conversation. And if you know you have to have it, do it quickly. And that was the meaning of like, me, you know, having to go to my bank, readjust my loans, pay some stuff off personally, like do all these things, you know, get rid of a lease, like all this stuff that was unnecessary. I had to strip down my expenses. And then I have some hard conversation with people who've been with me for a long time. Like, listen, this role that we have right now is redundant. Like we just don't need it anymore. We did three years ago, but this isn't where we are now. Right. So it was like, you just had to do all these things and refining get yourself out of it. But I think the biggest thing is when you do have those challenges, like you, you got to act on it and you got to use it as like a, a net positive so that you can come out of it and make the changes you need and, and keep the business thriving. I love it, dude. My note from that was, I think, impactful, like doing the hard things during the hard time to make things better. Like that's it. Like hard times, I got to get on another soapbox. Dude, you're, you're, you're taking it out of your philosophical uh, answers are, are amazing, dude. They really are because hard times, they're not meant to push down our character. They're, they're about revealing our character and who we are. And so having those tough conversations that you had, had to been so like tough. There's no other word to say than tough. I can only imagine, you know, you grown with them and you said, we got to let it, let it go. We tried this out. And, you know, it reminds me of moments in my life when I got let go. Like, why did that happen? Sometimes it just has to happen. So other things happen. can happen in their life and your life. And now you're able to branch out, you know, plants. I love plants because you prune them because they're growing and they're like drooping. You prune them and they're picked up and now they're, they're growing in, in the right direction that they need to back to the tracks and guardrails and stuff. Like pruning is part of the process. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's You true. know, love it, dude. Love it. All right. So I know it's been a while since you've been in the fitness industry, but you're in shape. I'm sure you know things in the fitness health industry that need to be pruned. So what is something that you could, if you had these magic scissors, go ahead and like take it off? What is it? You know, okay. So I'm going to take that as like a macro approach and I'm still, you know, elbows deep in the fitness industry. And I work with a lot of handful of startups. I work with some technology companies. Tell us what what you do a little bit right there. That's perfect opportunity. I love to hear because I'm like, tell me more. Yeah. And I I think here's, here's where, um, we need as a community to make some hard realizations. And I think fitness defined as it traditionally has been is changing. And what 
consumers and what people are looking for globally is like, okay, we, we're in this new health and wellness economy. So how does fitness necessarily fit into that ecosystem now? Before, okay, let me just give you an example. 20 years ago, when my, let's say when my dad was still alive, 30 years ago, right? And he would really need to get in shape. What's the first thing you thought of? Okay, well, I just go to the gym. That's it, right? That's it. That's just where everything fitness happens, right? It's very different nowadays. Everything's customer centric. So, or you, you know, consumer centric. So now I have an aura ring, right? I have a remote, you know, I have a, a tonal upstairs. I have my gym that I go to downtown, right? I like to be outdoors. People are doing, you know, mental wellness is a thing. So fitness isn't the end all be all of someone's wellness anymore. So we have to figure out now is like, what we can't do is like continue to tout fat loss, right? That's not the approach that we need to take. We need to take a more of a, I guess, include, what's the word I'm looking for? A holistic, but I hate that word for oh, some I love reason. that we word. Need to take Come a, on. Don't hate on uh, the holistic word. Oh Come God. On. Well, I mean, I just, that's just me. I think it's <laughs> That's okay, dude. So it's, uh, I think we just got to figure out, okay, well, where do we want to sit in this new ecosystem? Yeah. And how do we really deliver the goods to people? I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of Garrett Marshall from Exponential. They just entered into a, uh, an agreement with Meta, right? So they're going into VR and AR. Like, okay, is that competition? Is that opportunity for the gym owner? Uh, like, I don't know, to call it whatever you want to call it, it's happening. So how do we like sort this out? Like, I think he said like 70% of all people have a, some sort of a fitness application subscription, right? Of North America. So that's like, okay, we have all these things. So, you know, where as an industry do we want to fit, especially in the gym owner phase? dynamic of the industry is like, how do we fit into this ecosystem? And it's just a conversation that needs to be had more widespread. Yeah. Things are moving fast, man. Say it again. And I know everyone can rewind, but we can't rewind right here. But so Meta and who is is going into partnerships? So Exponential Fitness. Oh, Exponential um, Fitness. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. One of the largest, uh, they're the largest, I think, global franchise. So they have 10, is it nine brands under their umbrella, but they're taking three brands. And Cycle they have, Bar, uh, right? Cycle Bar, Pilates. Wow, it's hard to take a bar. BFT. They have a bunch of them. Yeah. And people can go look it up, but they just signed an agreement or re- released it about a week ago in this recording. So late September about how they're, you know, they're, they're getting into the metaverse with three of their brands and having VR, AR experiences, right? Available to consumers through the new meta third edition headset. So the new one is sick. The new one is really sick. It looks like you and I, like the detail that they have right now is, is really, do you know, the problem I have with that is like, you have those goggles on after 30 minutes, like you're done. Like I can't, you know? So it's like, how are you going to, but there is another company called Magic Leap and Magic Leap has investors from uh, Alibaba, Alibaba, I think it's, and then Google. And then, so it, they're huge into just the augmented reality. So virtual reality, oh gosh, this is my, this is my wheelhouse, a little of the techie world. <laughs> so, and it's like the VR and AR different. And so, to me, I like AR much better because it's the real world and you got to see digital you know, assets going around. It's kind of like NFTs are going to jump into that world, I, I think. Anyway, so I don't want to get into a soapbox and, about that, but definitely the world's changing fast, guys. Like, yeah, gym ownership, you got to reinvent. You got to be like Madonna, Rolling Stones. I look at those guys as they were just popular for 10 years. They were popular for 50 40 years, easy. And that's a long stretch for anybody in the media. So, And just to, to sound more optimistic on that too, is that you know there's something that gym owners and trainers and coaches 
in real life IRL, as the kids say it nowadays. But what is that, by the way? <laughs> I can't keep up with IRL is in real life. Yeah, it's, it's it. crazy. That's even an acronym now, right? I never would have saw that coming in my lifetime. But community is a big deal. Accountability is a big deal. These are all things that technology hasn't quite grasped yet, right? Correct. It's a really hard thing to do. So lean into those things, lean into the interpersonal relationships, lean into you know, being kind of an overall strategist for your clients, right? Like, okay, great. You have a Peloton at home or you have this home workout set up, but you also like to hike, like help them pull it all together into yeah. one cohesive plan and back that up with community. And I think you can be very, very successful in this new ecosystem. So good. So good, dude. I love it. I completely agree. Dude, we are at the time of getting into the fast five. And so this is a furious fast five. We're going to, I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to give me the answer in, in one or two sentences and then we move on to the next one. Ready? Sure. Awesome. Who is an influential person or people in your journey as business owner or as a person? Yeah. Uh, right now, um, just because it's so topical, it's, it's Pat Rigsby. He's been around the industry for a long time. He's my business coach. He's very much responsible for me launching my newest venture, the Podcast Collective. And yeah. So I'm going to give a shout out to Pat. If you've been around the industry, just go to patrigsby.com. He's amazing. Love it. Good, good, good answer. Love it. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business journey? I would say just, you know, I, I would have relied on my gut instincts a little bit more and not ignored the red flags, right? I've sprinted past red flags with partnerships and collaborations and it's, it's cost me a lot of time. It's definitely given me some more gray hair, but I think, you know, trust your gut more than, than you think you should, especially early on, it's going to be hard to do that. But trust me, it's, it's probably right. You know what red flag jumps out at me? Like that 8% margin. Like, whoa, like, oh, yeah. you know, that doesn't just go from like, you know, 30 to eight right away like that. It's a gradual, you know, if you would have paid attention and I, I get it. No, 100% I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Like, guys, if you just started this journey of business ownership, make sure you're looking at your numbers every day, like every day. I'm not even kidding. So, all right. Next question. What's a book, a blog, a podcast, a media that you recently consumed that has positively impacted you? Gosh, man. I listen to so many podcasts. I'm just a huge fan of Huberman. I love everything he does. If people, you know, Huberman Labs is, is just amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, just the mindset and the, and he's so responsible for the consumer nowadays, the shifts in, in this appetite for health knowledge. Right. Like he's one of the few people, Dr. Stacey Sims and the Starrettes and like all these people who are just giving away all this knowledge for free. We're finding that people are very thirsty for it. And it's really starting to build a whole new opportunity for people in our industry. So, yeah, you know, Huberman and the like, I'm, I'm very just appreciative and fan of what they do. Dude, love it, dude. Awesome. And so the next question is what's a, your favorite online tool? My favorite online tool, Riverside, man. Yeah, so this is, dude. This is what we're recording on right now. I love it. They keep improving and it's made the uh, podcast recording experience so much better for the hosts and the guests and panels and creating content afterwards and the AI tools and everything. So yeah, shout out to Riverside. They're doing a great job. That's so true. So true. I, one of my favorite ones recently is the, uh, the script. You actually could put your script in there if you have a script and then testing before you record. That's been like, today was perfect. I was like, oh. Something's not right. So before hitting record, love it. Uh, yeah, guys, try it out. Riverside is, their app is great too on the mobile. Last question for the Fast Five is, what's one habit or practice that you believe everyone would benefit from doing today? 
Uh, well, I think I alluded to it earlier, but I do believe cold water exposure is critical. You know, we have a huge issue with mental wellness, mental wellness, anxiety, depression, and there's really if you could bottle up the benefits of cold water exposure on a daily basis and put it in a pill, it'd be the greatest antidepressant motivator you could get. And it's free and it's accessible to just about everyone who has running water. So, you know, even if like you don't have to be some badass doing, you know, 35 degree water for 20 minutes or jumping in some kind of iceberg lake, you can just do 30 to 60 seconds of cold water exposure every day and it'll drastically change your your outlook on every single day. So I think that's it's free. It's for everybody. Just try it. It's more free in Montana than it is in Florida. Let's say that. <laughs> okay, it's true. Fair. Be honest. <laughs> you know, for yeah. you know what I've I've tried is the uh cold water, like water, put ice in it, and then put your face in it. So that helps as well. Like at least do that, guys. Like that's can really transform you and get those endorphins moving forward. Cool, dude. This is not it. I got one more. And you know, you're not here in the studio, but I have a time machine. And so we're going to walk into the time machine and we're going to visit little Eric at 14 years old. And we're going to step out of the time machine and we're going to see him there and you're going to walk up to him and you're going to express to him some advice that will impact him tremendously in his journey. You know him better than anybody. So what you tell him is going to change his life and make it better sooner. What would yeah. that be? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think first of all is, you know, buy stock in Apple, right? But other than that, the uh, I think it's always seek out or have a mentor. You know, at the times in my life where I've been the most lost or last fulfilled or just, you know, I found that I've, I've been on my own and I haven't invested either in a coach or mentor during the time. And the times when I've thrived, I've always had someone who could be my sounding board. And they don't have to necessarily be some super successful entrepreneur or athlete or whatever it may be. It just has to be someone who you vibe with and is a few steps, a few chapters ahead in the book, right? Because really, you know, just having that confidant, I think is really, really powerful. So yeah, I think always seeking out great mentors, having coaches um, in your life is something that uh, I would urge everyone to do at any stage of life. Can't even double tap on that. That's so true. So true. Man, I really appreciate that answer, man. I, I really do. So Hopefully you heard what he's putting down or picked up what he's putting down. And so, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. And for everybody out there, how can we get a hold of you? How can we connect with you and the interwebs? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Andres, for for doing all this. I know it's uh man, it's you know, getting a podcast up and running it and it's it's no small feat. It's a grind. You know, it's not an immediate payoff, it's a long-term thing that you need to invest in. So kudos for you for doing it. You can find me in a couple different places. I mean, LinkedIn is is where I'm super active. So you can find me there. I'm always posting content. You can message me there. It's just Eric Balzone. If you want to check out my podcast, I got the future fitness.co. Also ways for you could, to, to follow me and get into my newsletter while I deliver those to your inbox every week. And then the new um, thing I'm working on now is the podcast collective.io. So if you are someone who wants to A, be part of a community of podcast hosts, it's for free. You know, Just hit me up on that website, contact me. Or if you're somebody who wants to leverage the independent network of podcasts that we have to, you know, really extend your brand and, you know, top of funnel awareness and all the things that come along with it, then it's a great option. We're working with some really, really high profile clients right now. So very exciting times. If those are, I would urge everyone to go. And uh, yeah, man, once again, I really appreciate it, Andres. So cool, dude. Thanks for coming, bro. Man, 
man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed what Eric said about doing the hard things during hard times is making him better. What was your favorite takeaway from today's episode? I want to know and connect and share a message with me. So on Instagram, you could do that at Medesco. And by the way, that's my personal Instagram. And I would love to hear your thoughts. I also want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on. And remember to leave us a review and rating. It helps us so much with your feedback and improves the show. And you all know how that goes. So it means the world to us. Also, check us out on YouTube. It's the channel filled with a whole bunch of podcasts, strategies on reviews, and things to help you with sales and marketing. So go ahead and check that out. And by the way, as always, I want to thank you so much for your encouragement. And I'll be seeing you next time in the Growth Zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1.